Listener Production. Well, Han, this is our remembering project. Yep, where a random day of the year is selected and we look up the run sheets from all our shows from across the years to find any we did on that day. Over 20 years, that's about 2,500 shows and roughly 26,000 talk breaks. Today, we pick one. One talk break only and try to remember what happened based on what was written down on the run sheet from that day. As always, we've got podcast Mike with us here for any technical stuff. Hello. Mike, what date was randomly chosen today? It's the 14th of November. Radio, that's Andy's go. Here's Mike to take care of the sponsor stuff and we'll be right back to hear what year Andy chose to remember that day. This is Hamish and Andy's Remembering Project. Bit to choose from here. In 2014, we were live from the People's Island. We'd bought, yeah, wow. we'd bought an island and we'd uh, and we'd travelled out with people to it. Only only one show live from the island. Mm. That was it. That, that really? was a big day. Yeah, we 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 did a show in Rockhampton the day before. Yeah. I mean, don't be too surprised. We were, I mean, there's a patch of dirt floating in the ocean. <laughs> like, I mean, can't do a week from there. Well, I haven't picked any audio from it, so I feel a bit bad now. I thought maybe that'll come up another time. No, we did one show from the island. Yep. And then then we stayed the night on the yep. adjoining island that we had a peace treaty with. Yes. And had a ball. Oh, that's right. The listeners... People, everyone came over for a big party on the day, but there wasn't enough accommodation... To stay the night. ...next door on Marble Island, mm. and so we flew everyone back to Rocky. And that night... That's when we set the island on fire. Set the island on fire. The guy goes a to a control us. burn, a sustainability burn. The guy said, "Yeah, we had to. We normally burn back the island at this point in time because the grass gets too high." Um, but I thought I'd leave it to see if you guys wanted to do it. Said, do you guys want to flick a match at the island? And yes, we do. And we went across in our boardies in beautiful weather as the sun set and um, started a fire, controlled burn that lit the whole island, island up. And then well, it's no, there's no where the fire can go. Like they just need to burn the whole. I mean, surrounded by water, so it's yeah. safe. But yep. they're just this, like just a grass fire, and no animals on it. No animals on it. Yeah. So uh, a wild sunset. And so, and then we hiked to the top of Marble Island next next to it to see the our island from afar on fire. It was quite weird. <laughs> It was a, it was a very we had a few moments like that during the show. Where it was just a bit Lord of the Flies, yes. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'd often get into the desert or something on those caravan trips, and you go wild. Yep. Hey, Mike, two, Mike knows. Give me a little nod. He's in two thousand, a few deserts. In two thousand and eight, you and your housemates were competing to be see oh, who the summer drummer was. Loved that the summer drummer, and because um, we had the you, Xbox game Band Hero. Yep. So it was. They put out Guitar Hero, which people remember was just the guitar, and then Band Hero came out, yeah. which had drums, and, and you could add another guitar to be bass. Bass was obviously the least fun no instrument, that. Yep. but you could you could all play like you know Hotel California, and but you had a drum kit where you kind of had to accurately hit the, yeah. the stuff. And we were really into the game, and everyone wanted to be the drummer, and we knew. We weren't going on holidays that summer. We were coming up to our summer holiday. I lived with two mates of mine, Hato and John. And we we're like, well. Do you remember who won? Who was the Yeah, summer? annoyingly, it wasn't me. It wasn't him? <laughs> and now that surprised me. No, it was a, there was a bit of a Should, glitch. You, you're meant to be the one with natural percussion. <laughs> but I feel skills. it sometimes in a way that I think the problem with the game was it was a bit too prescriptive and there was a glitch. So there's a couple of issues. I think, did Hato win some Hato won. won. And that, that, for that reason, the band dissolved. I mean, this was Cool Boys in the Front Man before Cool Boys in the Front Man. Yep. That house band that we had, because we all Couldn't just wanted much. to be the summer drummer. Yep. And then 
me and John just lost, kind of lost complete interest in the band. Yep. And so it just that, that poor summer, old poor old Hayden was out there drumming me drumming by drummer boy. Yeah. That summer saw <laughs> no real yeah. household gigs. Yep. Yeah. 2006. I've got a small bit from it. Yeah, right. WA West Australia were trialing daylight savings. Yeah, remember right. that they had a, they had a, just had a go for a year, I think, and farmers were upset, and they were saying that um, the cows get spooked or something. And you and I couldn't quite work out so why. Is it too early in the morning? Or? Well, cows don't have clocks, so like the why? sun's up when the sun's up. <laughs> so but why? I think the cows were surprised to see the farmer so early <laughs> well, or something like that. That's why we rang my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is look probably not. Classically media trained, I would say, my uncle. <laughs> he still remains so. He was a dairy farmer, now cattle uh, farmer. But uh, we had him on, so it'll be interesting to see how the chat right. went. The 14th of November, 2006. Now, Rob, why do you have to get up early to milk them? Well, you spread the day a bit. You've got to milk them twice a day. Jeez. And you try to keep them... Uh, even 12, 10 or 12 hours between milking. To give them a chance to refill. That's right. So, Bob, up again. Rob, couldn't you say, I like to get up about 9, 9.30 in the morning. Couldn't I, if I was a farmer, could I get up at 9.30, milk from about 10 o'clock, go home, for instance, say, watch Grey's Anatomy or something or Criminal Minds tonight, go out about 10 o'clock at night, give them one more milk before bed. Could I do it that way? Yes, you could do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's the big hoo-ha about daylight savings then? I, uh, <laughs> I just put you out of kilter with uh, all your social life. <laughs> and like Rob, I, that way. and I know for a fact that you're a rager, Rob. <laughs> so you're angry because you, you and the rest of the farmers are going out to rave parties. <laughs> then you've got to come home and get up at five in the morning and milk 130 head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Good on you, Uncle Rob. I don't doubt that it's a big deal for farmers. I yeah. still don't get it. I still don't understand. But um, anyway. But I don't want to upset farmers. No, you, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Western Australia only did it for one year, I think. Scrapped it. And the farmers got the better of the other community, the rest of the community. <laughs> hey, we travel forward one year. A topic that came up regularly. Yeah. And that topic was tackle talk. Oh, yes. You're penis. Yeah. So I had ruptured my urethra at a young age yeah. and it was slowly closing off. And, and you and I were at dinner last night with a couple of mates yeah, and this came up. Came up again. Still, yeah. It's still getting a lot of airplay 14 yeah. years on. Um, because we were sitting at a, a <laughs> table. Sitting next to some urologists. Some urologists. And they, they kind of, the came, that came up. I said, oh, yeah, I, I know what you guys do. Yeah. And then you, you bragged. With me. <laughs> you bragged to I them. bragged. Well, I mean, regular listeners may remember this, but. To cut a very, very long story short because we talked about this surgery for months and months. Like, well, I ended up having to have two surgeries. Um, filled up a lot of time on air. Yep. So at the end of Andy's urethra surgery, which is your P-pipe, he was proud of his new flow. Yes. And I said, that's terrific, During mate. During recovery, you go on this machine to, flow to see your flow come back to yep. a regular pace and it had it kind of – so from where I was, so you were excited to triple to quadruple back. He was excited to see it back, and I said, "Look, that's fine, mm. but don't go thinking that you're, um, you know, that you got the most powerful pipe in the world now. Yeah. You're just back to a to functioning plumbing." Yeah. Anyway, the challenge was laid down. We would go and jump on the pee machine and see who's got the fastest flow. Mm. 
Andy registered something very respectable, like yeah. in the 30s. No, nah, mid-40s. Oh, I don't remember it that way. But <laughs> I jumped on the machine and hit a peak flow of 53 milliliters a second. Well, actually, they don't know because- It went, was off the chart. It was off the chart. Now- He went off the chart. I actually mentioned this last night across the table to yell at the urologist said, hey, you know, 14 years ago, hit, be pretty impressed, 53 milliliters a second. Guy dropped his cutlery. The guy he did, he went, <laughs> head rocked back. It was amazing. Huge eyebrows, <laughs> couldn't believe it. Yeah. As if you just you just said to him, I had I had dinner with Madonna last yeah. night. Oh, gee, you know what I, like if I had said to him, oh, you know what I found in my pocket? Hmm. Thumb drive, 100 Bitcoin on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was impressed. He was very impressed. Um, I'd, have two, the- I'd have two surgeries. One of them woke up, quite intrusive, obviously, woke up, nurse ghost me. How are you feeling? It's like, great. How we go? She goes, didn't work, which was a shame. Yeah. Um, I said, well, how come? <laughs> <laughs> we just got distracted. <laughs> we got distracted. <laughs> we, we, we just opened I'll up. I'll play it on a finger. Sorry, we opened up your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're going for another operation. Well, I was going for another operation. This was the main one. Yeah. And we had the doctor on to discuss this upcoming procedure. I have no idea what we discussed live on air with him here. Right. But on so November 14th. TikTok. This is where we've got. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an app. We wouldn't, we, I don't think we would have called him the TikTok, but no. he is the urologist. Yep. And uh, the urosurgeon. I'm sorry, I, I suppose it's. Yeah. You know, if you were you, a urosurgeon, you'd say it like that. <laughs> because it sounds, so like it sounds a bit like neurosurgeon. <laughs> I'm actually a urosurgeon. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, actually, Mike, yeah. give a nod to the sponsors. Sure. Yeah. Lovely, Mark. Okay, so we've got your dick doc. I can't remember his name, but yeah, the, it, the break says tackle talk. We speak to the doctor about the upcoming procedure. Great. The 14th of November, 2007. Hamish and Andy for the drive home. Tackle talk. Let's open the book. Let's open this medical clipboard. And, um, yes, it's uh, where we talk about my tackle tactfully, Ham. Look, Andy, it's, uh, and I appreciate you sharing this with uh, everybody. It is the people's show. Full disclosure is expected at mm. all times. You knackered yourself when you're about 10 years old on your BMX pipe. My brother said that a third brick underneath a plank of wood would make an awesome jump. You couldn't handle it. You weren't up for the challenge. You knackered yourself. You've got... Some busted pipes yeah. and you've got some scar tissue now. There's a yeah. pressure problem. Yeah. You're having an operation yeah. in that region it's, over it, summer. Pretty much to paint the picture for everyone, your gutters after autumn. Blocked. <laughs> Jammed up. Now, yeah. I'd be and happy. You can't get, I, and unfortunately, I've offered, my dad can't get the kid next door to come and fix it. And I've offered for my dad <laughs> for to five bucks. come around with the stepladder and the high pressure hose. None of it's <laughs> appropriate for this area. So you are going for the operation. Yesterday on the show, your yeah. mum pressured you into making a donation, mm. a, uh, a a man. She wants to secure a the, special uh, man donation. She wants to secure the the kids and grandkids. The people's donation. It's, it's not the people's donation. Could it be the people's way? No, <laughs> <laughs> could not. Let's but all lend a hand. One person that my mum has continually told me to get in contact with. In fact, every conversation I've had with my mum in the last probably six months has been, have you got on to Dr. Gary Clark yet? Well, we have. He joins us on the line. Dr. Gary Clark, good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> now, Dr. <laughs> Clark. Doctor, this is the first time I've spoken to you, but you've, uh, my mum has asked me to speak to you for months on end, so I'm glad I'm finally in contact with you. So am I. <laughs> now, Dr. Clark, I have got many questions about the actual donation process. 
Um, would you be able to answer a few of those and s- sort of satisfy our curiosity today? Yes, yes, certainly, in, in tactfully, anyway. Yeah, certainly, good. Dr. Clark. I mean, this is a medical procedure after all. And before we try and book in, uh, Dr. Clark, we want to just ask a few questions. Right. First things first, do you have magazines, etc. there, or shall Andy bring his own? <laughs> That's not a... Uh, well, he's welcome to bring his own, but we do have a supply on site <laughs> who in buy- our collection room. Dr. Clark, who, yep. who buys those? Um, is it one of your jobs? Do you send a nurse yes, out, or do you? Yes, I have done that from time <laughs> to time. Yes. I mean, and when you're in the news agents, do you actually like put thought into the selection, or you just grab whatever's there? Uh, in times past, I've been known to to grab an armful. Yes, and just uh, take uh, them up to the cashier and <laughs> pay for them myself. Do- Doctor Doctor Clark, do you at that point say? It's because I'm uh, at a, a sperm donating place uh, because because you don't really want to say that you have just have an interest. Have in... an interest. No, I, I tell them the truth. Yes, yeah. I'm in charge of a sperm bank. Do... And of course, <laughs> they rarely believe that. <laughs> would you? So, Doctor Clark, would you? You're like the sperm bank manager. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, great. And 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 uh, just give us a percentage times that they'd roll their eyes as with a bit of yeah. Of course, you are. Uh... Yeah, mainly just look the other way. I think. Okay, well, now, if failing the magazine's uh, issue, do you have uh, audio-visual facilities? <laughs> not necessary. Yes. <laughs> good, good. Absolutely. Thank yes. you, Dr. Clark. Yep. Not necessary. Next question. Well, well, I, no, I'm more interested in, um, after the, the specimen's done, where does it go? I mean, uh, where's it frozen? Freezer. Um, yeah, but, but why, who's freezer? Right. We have a collection room right near the laboratory. Yeah. So we get the sample quite... It's important to get it very fresh. We put it into an incubator for a brief time. Yeah, yeah. And because it has to undergo a liquefaction process oh, before yes, we yeah. can actually yep. look at it under the microscope. That's where I've gone wrong in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we start freezing the sample. We have to add a special uh, protectant to it, yeah. like, Bana- like antifreeze fla- banana flavor. in the radiator. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so we add the antifreeze, yeah. and then we cool it down quite slowly. Yep. And just make sure you don't put it in the fridge next to the mayonnaise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I actually am worried, uh, Dr. Clark, uh, with regards to labelling, and, um, mm-hmm. and can you get them mixed up, you know? No. Like, how do you know that it's yours? Is there someone clearly there on, on the day that's really making sure that my name's on it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Every, everything we do in the process in terms of the labelling is, is double-checked by two, two scientists. Good. Good. And the data entry is, is double-checked. Can I ask uh, a question here? In Australia, Dr Clark, if you make a donation, can you just donate to the sperm bank for money? Uh, no. Oh, because I was sort of thinking, like, Andy wants one to secure his future. Mm. Well, so I was sort of thinking, like, a bit of a one for the money, two for the show kind of situation. <laughs> well, uh, when you say in Australia, in Victoria, yeah. legally, it, it you cannot pay for um, samples. Yeah. You can only reimburse for legitimate expenses incurred by the donor, similar to a, you know, a, a claim for... Yeah. 
tax purposes. Sure. So you can't Here's a receipt from the news agency. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can't you can't pay with money, but you can just let them keep a couple of the magazines and no, won't really tell anyone. <laughs> well, we, we don't intentionally do that, but we do get uh, a number that disappears from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Clark, well, I'll be bringing Andy by. Why don't we? Uh, you hang on, line. We'll set it up for some time next week. Yeah. Uh, can his mum come? Because his mum's pretty keen on <laughs> I this. I think we mean my mum coming. She could sit in the waiting room, I think, would Excellent. be the best. Well, um, we'll see you next uh, week, Dr. Clark. Stay on the line, Dr. Clark. We'll try and organise the Prepare appointment. Prepare the mags. You're, you're with Hamish and Andy. <laughs> he wasn't you, urologist. Just, no. We got, I got that wrong. I assumed we were talking about, uh, yeah. yeah, the actual procedure. But no, we we're talking about a different procedure, which was obviously freezing you, um, sperm. Yeah, you heading uh, off to... Uh, have a wank on commercial radio. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. And boy, yeah. did we think it was hilarious. We well, like, really did. Your mum young... did. Your mum came along. Yeah, she did. Yep. And <laughs> I, and mum was horrified at the whole thing. So was I, actually. It was pretty she wasn't horrified. She was the one trying to make you get do the sample. Yeah, I know, but didn't expect to have to be there and record with us. Um, but um... <laughs> I can attest she stayed in the waiting room. That, that, you know, whilst we were interested in... Full disclosure and uh, doing a, a type of radio that was, you know, fun and honest and yep. raw. Yep. It, it, we, we weren't... That interesting. We weren't trying to get headlines that badly that we said, oh, I guess, it was, you know, we made Eddie's mum like, travel into the room with him. No, good fun show, wasn't it? Yeah. Good fun time. Still got the sample? Yep. Yeah, I've got still, one. Still pay for it. Yeah, I think it's like a it's very cheap actually. It's like $143 a year. Yeah, right. No mine's at the Canard, so it's not frozen. <laughs> not frozen. So it's may have gone off. Nah. That's with the airtight. Yeah, airtight. as long as the Canards didn't get flooded or anything, I think you'd be fine. That's up on a little stand. <laughs> Could remember it. Listener.